0: Good morning, friends. As we look to God's word, let's just pause for prayer. Lord, we come before you just now with gratitude in our hearts for the opportunity that is ours to join together in this way. God, we thank you for the, the men in our lives who have had influence, for our fathers who've spoken truth to us, and God, we give you ultimate praise because we know that, um, that you are the good, good Father, that you are the one who provides and who loves ultimately. We thank you for your word. And as we look to it in these moments, we just ask your blessing over us. We pray that your word would speak to our hearts and minds uh, and that we would hear your voice this day. So bless us and our time. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. It is wonderful to have you sharing with us today, and I want to extend to the fathers, those significant uh, men in our lives. I want to wish you a happy Father's Day. It's great to see fathers visiting with family here. With It's great to see sons and daughters and, and visiting with fathers who are here. Uh, it's wonderful. I would be amiss if I didn't take the opportunity that is afforded to me to wish my father a happy Father's Day, as I look at the camera. I know... He tells me every week he watches in Newfoundland. And so happy Father's Day, Dad. Uh, Appreciate you very much. And uh, certainly thankful for the godly influence that you've been in my life. Uh, This, of course, is a day where we pause, where we take the opportunity to recognize those men, those fatherly figures, as Nathan uh, suggested, uh, that have had an influence in our lives, a positive impact. And to celebrate... Uh, their caring hearts. And as we've already shared today, we've heard it from the kids as well. Wherever you find yourself, whether you've had a wonderful father, whether you had a father who did his best, whether you've had a terrible father or, or no father at all, uh, wherever you find yourself on that spectrum today, um, I just pray that as we have already worshipped together as we look to his word, that you will be reminded that you have a heavenly father who cares, who provides, who guides, who loves you. Um, He is the one that we truly celebrate today as we gather here and worship and praise to his name. So we look to God's word today and we continue our series exploring the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, last week we did some teaching on the gifts of the Spirit and I used this little analogy of a birthday party. You remember this? So the, the analogy goes that I'm walking out with this big birthday cake. And then I trip and fall and cake goes everywhere. And according to how we all sort of would respond, gave us some just a glimpse or some insight as to what our spiritual gift might be. But I had an interesting, funny story. That afternoon, so Sunday afternoon, uh, we were celebrating Adele's birthday. You see where this is going now. I see some smiles. And so we had dinner together, and we had some family around. It was probably, you know, it was a big crowd around. Carolyn's family who were able to come and join with us. And uh, we ate dinner, and then it was time for cake. And guess whose job it was to go and get the cake? From downstairs. And so as I was bringing up this big, there should be a picture of it, uh, Margaret, yeah. So, my brother in law bakes this three tiered butterfly decorated cake. And it didn't hit me until I reached step number two that I preached about this this morning. <laughs> and in that moment, I honestly began to think about who would place. And some of your faces came to mind. And then I thought, I wonder who would laugh hysterically and tell me that I was clumsy. And some other faces came to mind. <laughs> I, won't, I won't share those. Thankfully, I was able to deliver the cake safe and sound. And we all got to, we didn't have to scrape it off the floor or any of those things. But, but that illustration last week was just to sort of get us thinking about uh, our spiritual gifts. You'll remember those gifts, the things, the, the, the gifts, the abilities That the Holy Spirit gives us as part of his church, as part of his body. When we come to faith in Christ, so that God can be glorified as we serve him. And so that the body will thrive and have all it needs. Paul talks about this in Romans 12 and verse 1. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to live. And then in 1 Corinthians, the the title there is wrong. It's 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. A spiritual gift is given to us, each of us, so that we can help each other. And we know and we learned last week that our spiritual gifts are different than our talents. Yes, it may incorporate or use those natural talents that we have, Uh, that are meant to be used in service to the church, but they're not the same. Uh, It's a sort of a particular responsibility or avenue is our spiritual gift to serve. Now, this week, we continue to explore how God's Holy Spirit give gifts. And this week, I want to pay attention to the context for which he gives these gifts, because any time in Scripture where Paul talks about or teaches about spiritual gifts, there are sort of three main pieces that he uses three movements or, or sections in each passage of scripture he talks about gifts in romans chapter 12 he talks about gifts in first corinthians chapter 12 and then ephesians 4 they all have these three things in common each time paul talks about gifts he emphasizes he does some teaching about gifts He talks about the body of Christ, or or diversity and unity, that we're all different, but we all are saved by one spirit, and we all seek to serve as one body, many parts to one body. And then, without fail, he talks about love, sort of the motivation that we receive gifts with and that we serve from. Just watch this, Romans 12, 4-6, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. The body, teaching about diversity and unity in the body. Then he offers some specific detail about gifts and using them in verses 6 and 7 and 8. And then in verse 9, we read, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. See that? Gifts, unity, and love. And then he does the same thing. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Unity and love. And he continues in verse 11 from Ephesians chapter 4. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. He says, get rid of all bitterness. This is Ephesians 4 and verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So unity in the body, teaching on gifts, And love. And now today, in our passage from 1 Corinthians, and thanks Russ for reading that for us a bit earlier. This is verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, sorry, and verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, Paul teaches, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work. In all of us, a spiritual gift, he continues, is given to each of us so that we can help each other. In verse 12, he continues. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves. Some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. And then he goes on to teach about gifts in, chapter, or in verse 29. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? This is from the New Living Translation. Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should desire the most, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But he says, let me now show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all the languages of earth and angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains but did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Spiritual gifts, diversity, and unity, and love. Last week, we talked about gifts. Next week, Carolyn will talk about the context of love. But today, I want us to focus on this concept of diversity and and unity within the body of Christ. Now, you might already already be sort of wondering, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, how, how does that look? And so let's break it down in accordance with Scripture. Paul teaches about diversity, and when he does, there are two main aspects that he talks about. The first is diversity in ethnicity, and then diversity in socioeconomic situations. So Paul says that the church is diverse because people are different. The early church joins together from different cultures, Spanning ethnic backgrounds, different languages, different experiences. Additionally, they differ in their place in society. Some are wealthy and some are poor. Some are earning a living. Some were from the priesthood, were Pharisees. Some were earning a living. Some were widowed. Some had families. There were some who were older, who were younger. Some having a faith already and some who were coming to Christ fresh. They were a very diverse group, not unlike us here at Northridge. It's the same today, and I, honestly, I love it. I think it's wonderful. I love the the multi-generational worship that we share here together. I love hearing people uh, share and speak with one another and connect in different languages. Like I love when we're having coffee after and I walk by and, you know, I hear someone talking in, in Chinese or in Mandarin. And then at the same time, there's someone else who's speaking, you know, Spanish, you know, or, or uh, in French or, or I, I love the different accents of people. I love the look on the face of others when my Newfie accent comes out a little bit. And they get smiled and they go, oh yeah, you're from Newfoundland. I love that. And I love that no matter where you come from, no matter what you do for a living, no matter what your family situation, that in Jesus' name, you are welcome here at the Salvation Army Northridge Community Church. In Christ's name, you are welcome here. And I love, too, that despite that diversity, Despite just this this span of culture and experience, we are all united together as brothers and sisters in faith. Because we have been welcomed into this family by one Holy Spirit. The same Christ who saved me has saved you. The same one who is working in my life is working in yours. The same Spirit who has given me spiritual gifts for the use and service in God's kingdom has blessed you with spiritual gifts to serve God and to serve the body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, Paul says some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one Spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Paul says, look, we're all different. And God made us that way. Do you ever have any of those moments? I enjoy these moments as a pastor when I'm planning a service and I speak to one of our worship leaders about a song I want to do and they go, oh, you know, I've been singing that song for weeks. Right? I've, oh, I just, I just read this passage of scripture. Or, or I look and I see, and people who are completely different And living completely different lives, the Spirit is working in that way. and I love when I catch a glimpse of that. And it's this teaching lived out and in action is what that looks like and how it looks. We're all different and God made us that way, but we're united by one Spirit. We're all drawn together as one body by the Spirit. And that's the analogy that Paul continues with and uses to teach all these different groups, all these early Christians. He uses the body. It's familiar. We understand the body. It's formed intentionally and lovingly by our creator. In 1 Corinthians 12 and and verse 12 and 13, I read this from the message this time. Paul says, you can easily see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells. But no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By the means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. Just like each different part of the body serves a function, is is specialized, is useful, and serves the whole, so it is to be within the church. We all have gifts that we've been given by the Spirit. We all work to use our gifts to support and serve the whole body parts are interdependent. They're not independent of one another. We rely on one another. We're connected to one another through Christ and through his Holy Spirit. I can't move my hand and make gestures without moving my arm. We all know how this works. These body parts are connected as one, each serving an individual purpose. And the body would suffer if we didn't have it. But we're all connected and join together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 25, Paul continues again from the message, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on the other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see, the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, the other part enters into the exuberance, he says. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. If you cut your hand, you might bleed from your hand. but That blood comes from all over your body. And every part feels it. And when it heals, the whole body celebrates. And you feel better. And this is so important, church. It just, it is. We live in a land where this sort of heritage of, of individualism seems to be celebrated. Our, our society celebrates those who make it alone. You know, this lone wolf kind of mentality. We, we're separated that way. But that's not how it is to be with Christ. For those who are Christians, we're connected. We're joined together. We experience a personal faith and relationship with Christ. Yes, but that leads us into this interpersonal relationship with Christians. It's the wonderful connection that, that exists as I and we are united in personal faith and in corporate faith. It's the will of God the Father made possible through the Son Jesus and enacted by the Holy Spirit, the Trinity who exists in perfect union working to create the same unity in this diverse body of believers. And so here's the question. Here's the challenge as we think about our role in the body. You Hear me, you are part of the body. Are you healthy? Are you a healthy part of the body? Spiritually, holistically. You have a place and a purpose here. You have a place and a purpose here. Are you engaged? Are you plugged in? Are you keen? Are you interested in what God is doing here in this place? You have a ministry and a gift to use in service of God and the body. You have a ministry and a gift. Are you serving? You are joined together here with one another. Are you connected? Are you supporting the body? And are you allowing the body to support you? Are you connected? See, I believe that God is working in our midst and, and I know that God has a plan and he's working through it. And I know too that we have a responsibility in that. God can call me all day to use my gift. And I can say, No, not today. And I can feel that that sort of pit in my stomach that I talk about often as how God works in me. And I can practically hear his voice sometimes saying, I want you to respond this way. But it's still my choice to choose to respond. I believe that God is working and moving and calling, but, but we have to acknowledge that we've got a responsibility in that too. And that's why we ask these questions. I believe that, that God wants to use our church. And when I say our church, I mean your lives, our lives. It's not about the building. It's about who we are as the body of Christ. That God wants to use us to have kingdom impact. I believe that we are called to witness to his goodness and to his faithfulness and to share the message of of salvation all around the community. I honestly believe that because we are people who know Christ. God is faithful, right? We've lived it and proved it. Give me something, right? Like God is faithful, right? Yeah, he is. All the time, right? God is good all the time. Yeah. And all the time? Yeah. That is a message that can save the world, friends. It is the message that can save the world. We are called to do that. And he is faithful and And great is his faithfulness. You know, that old hymn, Uh, tells us he's called us he's blessed us he's gifted us god has set us up to be healthy and engaged and serving and connected he's done all he can to help us and made it easy for us to respond in faith recognizing his own faithfulness and so we have to reflect on these questions which can all really be boiled down into one. Are we willing to submit to his leading? Are we willing to submit and serve him as we serve one another and to allow our Christian unity to cause others to notice? Because that's key, friends. And I'll offer that that doesn't mean we all need to believe the exact same things about the exact same things, because there are just a number of denominations around within the kingdom of Christ, and I believe that God has called me here and has blessed me with this Salvation Army heritage and and the pastor and the role that I have to teach His Word. According, I oh, know not everyone believes that. I'm not naive. I understand that there's differences. I get that, and. I have to trust that God is big enough and faithful enough to handle that. Right? Because he is. And that kind of love, when I can disagree with my brother and still love him, when I can say, I don't think that's right, but still choose to serve, that's when people notice, hey? because our world doesn't look like that now. You disagree? You hate. There are extremes. But that's not what it is to be a Christian. Cuz I am not called to hate. I'm called to love. And I am also not called to endorse or condone or or push away sin. I'm called to speak truth. And I can do that through him who is great and who is faithful. And I can rely on his spirit to do that. And I can stand in the gap as one who loves Christ and who loves others. And that kind of love calls others to pay attention. The most dynamic power of gospel witness. All right? The most dynamic power of gospel witness comes when the world is forced to sit up and take notice that people who are diverse, who may disagree, who don't look the same, who come from different cultures, that people who are diverse as we are yet united and demonstrating love for each other can, that, that cannot be accounted for in human understanding the most dynamic power of gospel witness, your greatest influence for Christ in the lives of others comes when the world is forced to sit up and take notice that people, yet diverse, are united and demonstrating love for each other in ways that cannot be humanly accounted for, that calls them to stop and go, what is that all about? I want to be part of that. And God calls us to it, and he equips us for it. We are his body. Yeah? Amen? Something. We are his body, eh? Yeah. Well, let's choose to live like it. Let's pray.